if you can practice pre-gratitude for the soulmate that you haven't met yet, for the championship that you're going to win the medal in or whatever, like um, if you can feel pre-gratitude for the simple, beautiful moments with your family as you grow old together, if you can feel pre-gratitude for all the money that is not in your bank account yet, but is coming, again, it, it's kind of this really fun manifestation tool because your chances of that thing happening increase simply because you're focused on it, you're feeling positive towards it, and you believe in it on some level. And those three things are always what helps to create something into reality from possibility. Today's guest is a certified professional coach, Rebecca Niziel, the founder of Work With Soul. Rebecca has taught yoga to US men's national soccer team, guided 2,000 people on stage in meditation, and helps people break free from their past trauma and pain. And it's that live from the future of who they want to be. And that's exactly what we'll talk about today. How to master your emotions, find your purpose, and heal your wounds so you can show others how to do the same. So Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you on the show. And so I want to start with something you did recently, which is a social media break, because I think it's such a phenomenal way, especially right now, to turn off the noise of the outside world and tune inwards instead. So can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of you know, turning off that outside noise and sometimes even that inside noise, instead tuning in with ourselves and getting to know our own feelings and emotions? Yeah, it's so important, Max, and I'm really glad you're bringing this up because it, it, we could say this about any time, but especially like we're going through globally such an incredible period of time right now um, as, we're, as you and I are speaking, but really any time in our lives, there can hit that point where there's so much noise out in the world, other people's opinions, we should be doing this or, or no, this is better. And you know, I do a daily practice where I quiet, I tune in, and I just like receive the truth that is there. And you really can't do that if there's not quiet. If you want to tune in to listen, to receive divine guidance, to, you know, just know from your, whatever you want to call it, your higher self, God, whatever belief people have, right? Universe. Um, if we really want to tune in and listen and receive that truth within us that's always guiding us to that higher purpose, to that calling, we can't hear it if there's so much noise. So it was interesting. I had been receiving this message. All that was coming through was just like quiet, quiet. And I was sitting in quiet every day for a period of time. I'm like, why is it more coming why through? It? And, <laughs> and then I realized sometimes it's quieting the inner noise, but sometimes it's quite literally quieting the outer noise. And with the news and media and social media and maybe your friends and family's opinions on what you, you should be doing in your life or how you should be feeling or thinking about things, it can be completely overwhelming and it can completely tune out that inner voice that's always speaking to us. So yeah, I just took like a week long break and maybe for you, maybe for your listeners, you know, maybe it's a 24 hour break or a 72 hour break or a week or a month, but just giving yourself that breather and that time to kind of tune back into you and what, what do you feel? What do you want? Um, I think is so, so important, especially right now. 
Yeah, I think especially right now, this is such an incredible opportunity, in fact. Um, so the first week or so of quarantine, yeah, I was, I was bummed out, right? I was like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And then I realized that this is like the most precious opportunity ever to really let go of everything that's happening somewhere out there and just focus on the inside. Just sit in meditation, just exercise, just, you know, think about mm -hmm. and reflect on your own life. Because right now you have the time, as you know, for all our listeners, you probably have the time and the you know, freedom right now to really create this mental space where you can actually connect with ourselves. So yes. can you share with us a little bit, what happens then if people don't do that? You know, cause it's so common mm. for people to, especially in this time also, you know, instead yeah. sit on Netflix, right. And, and drown their, their pain, their frustration and their worries and sugar and alcohol and whatever. Yeah. I, I think anytime we're in under a lot of stress, right, we're really busy. It's really easy to reach for and turn to the things that are more of a distraction, more of like a numbing out, more of the things that kind of just allow us to disconnect um, from our truth, from like feeling really, you know, nourished and, and really inspired. Those are the easier things to turn to and reach to because they give you that instantaneous hit of those feel good endorphins, right? Like if I'm just scrolling social media, like I'm getting like a quick hit. If I'm just like getting the stimulation on Netflix, <laughs> I'm getting that quick hit, but it's um, not the, the sustainable long-term things that really allow us to you know in, in many ways just live our best lives and support ourselves and one another in a better way so oh what happens if you don't take that time to quiet well number one you're gonna feel stressed like the world is gonna affect you more so all of this like fear or, or panic or worry or whatever's going on in the world and in the people's lives around you you're gonna feel that more when you're not taking time to just like sit and be with yourself, right? You have less of a buffer or like um, less of that healthy space and distance from all. You feel kind of caught up in what's the, the panic or, you know, what's going on in the world. So one thing is you're just going to feel more stressed, more anxious, like more of those um, unpleasant emotions. Um, you're going to feel lost as well. Like you're going to feel like maybe a part of yourself got lost. And you're like, where the hell did I drop that part of me? When did I abandon that part of myself? Um, and you might feel lost on like knowing what to do. Like what's the next step or the next right thing for me in my life? You might start to feel like you don't have any clarity. Um, and so that's another big cost of not taking this time. When I tune in, when I get quiet, when I listen, I know what to do. I know what feels right. I know what's the like truest, most beautiful thing to create next. When I'm not doing that, it gets a little more confusing and you kind of end up in this like, I don't know what to do um, state. Um, and finally, you can't show up for other people. Like if people listening to your show are in relationships, I'm guessing it's a lot of people who love to like give, who love to serve, who love to like help others. And if you're not taking that time for you, it's really hard to fully show up for other people, um, filled up with like your energetic tank, totally filled up. So your relationships, your, your contribution to the world, that all like the impact gets kind of turned down and you're not able to show up as fully. So I think even five, 10 minutes a day, can really, you know, fill up that tank and allow us to go out and serve from a place of abundance rather than a place of pressure or stress or obligation. 
Yeah, that's so important. I think one thing that also plays into that is this just this paradigm shift, I guess, that emotions aren't bad, right? They aren't evil. And in fact, even the negative emotions, right, aren't necessarily yes. evil and shared to just deteriorate their life. So yeah. can you share us a little bit about that, about how we can learn to deal with those negative and oftentimes even painful emotions in our lives? Yes, yes. Okay, I love this topic so much. I, oh, I, um, I can feel it light up, yeah. <laughs> I love this topic so much because a lot of emotions get a really bad rep and I feel like I'm the PR representative for like fear and anxiety and loneliness. <laughs> being like, you guys, these are not bad. So one of the main things I teach all of my clients, anyone who takes our emotion course is really to understand, to know there are no wrong or bad feelings. And I, I like to explain that emotions are just energy bringing us vital information. Emotions are just energy bringing us vital information. So if that's true, I ask people like, do you want more energy in your life? Yes or no? Almost everyone across the board. I, I think I've never, I've never had a single person say like, no, I don't want more energy. Yeah. So we all want more energy. And I say, would you like to have more information, more clarity, more guidance in your life? Everyone says yes. And that's what emotions are. That's what they bring us. They bring us energy and they bring us information. And the cool thing about most people would call them negative emotions. I call them the uncomfortable or unpleasant emotions. They're a little bit harder to be with. They're a little bit more challenging to feel your way through. But what they do a fan freaking tastic job of is they get our attention. They really bring us to attention. They grab us. They have us be really alert. If you're just feeling all good things like joy and love and inspiration and fulfillment, we don't always like get into instant action when we feel those things. And so when we really need like a course correct, when there's a vital piece of information that we've been missing that we need to understand, whether that's haven't been taking care of your body and something, something starting to build up inside that isn't great. You know, you got to rebalance your health. This is not the relationship for you. This is not the job for you or mm, don't take that trip. This isn't the right time. This isn't the business partnership, those sorts of things. Um, those emotions can kind of tell us that and guide us that, um, with enough understanding of them and enough discernment, um, we're able to really receive that information, that direction, that clarity. And so when we know how to work with these emotions and you understand what each of them does, every single emotion has a role, has a job, and there's some key themes with each one. If you understand that, you're able to be what I call an emotional alchemist. You can take any feeling, and you just transmute it into pure energy and pure information. And with that, then you can turn it into something incredibly helpful, incredibly healing, incredibly nourishing, no matter if it's fear, anxiety, loneliness, depression, all of it can be useful. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I love this idea that what you're saying here, that all of these things care vital information, right? They call attention to an unhealthy state of things, right? Maybe it's your health, yeah. maybe it's your relationships, maybe it's your happiness and fulfillment. Maybe you're doing the wrong things on a daily basis and that's why you're getting frustrated. That's why you're getting angry, right? And it's only yes. by learning to pay attention to those, you know, like you say, un, unwanted and uncomfortable emotions that we realize that maybe we're heading down the wrong path, right? Yeah. So, so Would it be okay if I give an example real yes, quick please. to your listeners? Okay. So 
I feel like with each emotion, there's these themes I've noticed over the years with clients over and over. I call them emotion short codes. They're kind of like the little key to understanding a big complex emotion really quickly and simply. So I'd love to give your listeners the one because you just brought up anger. And anger is one that a lot of people, um, and especially I think men, really are told like, we're not so actually both men and women, let's be real. We're all told, um, no matter how you identify, that like you should not feel angry and get angry. And expressing that is really not okay. The emotion short code for anger tells us that anger is just an attempt to reclaim power that's been lost or taken. So I want to say that one more time in case your listeners are like wanting to write it down. Anger is just an attempt to reclaim power that's been lost or taken. So when we get angry, if we understand, ah, this is signaling to me, I am out of my power. I either lost it, I gave it away, whether that was conscious or unconscious, or it was taken from me by someone. And this is this anger is showing me it's time to step up. It's time to reclaim that power, get back in my power, whether that's like physically in my body, emotionally, mentally, environmentally, putting yourself in a more powerful position. Um, and when we do that, the anger will just feel is like the fuel to take those steps to, do, to get into that power again, whatever that is for the individual. And in that case, we don't have to like scream and yell at people. We don't have to like punch holes in the wall. We're using the energy to take the action that is actually helpful versus feeling like we don't, we can't do anything. We're helpless. And then the energy just like comes out in these like not great ways. Right? Mm -hmm. So each emotion has a little short code like that. It has these key themes that they show us. And, um, I would encourage just anyone listening, like, Notice the next time you get angry, have that little like voice, right? Like, ah, oh, what is it again? Oh, an attempt to reclaim power that was lost or taken. Time to get back in my power. Okay, got it. Like then you have your assignment, right? Yeah, the beautiful thing about this is it gives you the power back, right? It gives you the responsibility, the opportunity to choose yes. your response rather than yes. just automatically react to whatever, you know, that person said or that person did or whatever happened to you. So I yes. love what you're saying here about really consciously deciding, no, this is how I'm going to use this in a way that actually makes me better or moves me forward or energizes or motivates me. So I absolutely love that. So how can people, you know, in that moment when they're thick of things, you know, a person is just yelling at them or something happened at work and they're just, you know, full of this anger, right? Then they're feeling it in their body. How can they then, mm -hmm. you know, make that switch in their mind when it's so hard to get out of this mindset and just you know, calm down again and use that in a positive way? Yeah. So in... In the moment, I will say, it's always going to be more challenging in the exact moment. So what we can kind of do is just work on the, the gap between when we feel an emotion and then when we're aware of feeling the emotion and then when we realize we have choice to how we want to respond to what we're feeling. If we can kind of close that gap a little bit more, that's what we're working towards. We're all human though, right? So I always tell my clients... It's okay, like if some time goes by where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm really angry now, right? The moment you realize that's what you're feeling, or even if you don't have a name, like even if you're not sure what you're feeling, you're just like, I feel this fire in my chest. I feel this like bubbling up urge to like punch something. If we can recognize that the moment we do, 
that awareness instantly is power because it gives us choice. And I always tell people, you don't even need to try to change the base emotion or the base thought. Um, that's kind of stuff coming up for our unconscious. That's actually challenging to change in an instant. That changes over a long period of time when you continue to do your work, whether it's personal development, emotional healing, physical practices, right? So what we have power over, like you said, is changing from a reaction that's automatic to a response. And anything you can do to create space, to give yourself that time to, instead of reacting, responding, that's your goal. That's what you want to do. Um, so they're really all of the simple things that people have probably heard before, but the reason why they're so simple and you hear them all the time is because they're incredibly effective. Yep. <laughs> so things like breathing, right? Even one deep, slow breath can change your brain chemistry and therefore your body chemistry. So big inhale, and then like a longer, slower exhale. That can give you enough time to be like, uh, okay, instead of reacting, I want to respond in this way. But also some people, we get really kind of emotionally hijacked by our learned responses or learned reactions over since we were kids. We kind of learned, you know, this is just the patterning that we picked up. Um, so I always tell people, don't be afraid to like ask to excuse yourself, to like literally distance yourself for just a moment, whether that's, hey, can we pause? Just at, hey, can we pause? Like if it's in conversation, hey, I'd love to take a breather right now. I can tell I'm starting to get frustrated and I just want to take a moment Ooh, to like settle that back down so I can show up and be more present. So I can be more of the loving partner you need me to be. So I can actually, you know, say something kind here instead of reactive. So I would encourage anyone listening to not be afraid to in the moment, if you feel like it's really hard to catch it, to ask for a moment, ask for a break, go to the bathroom, take, ask for five and then come back because chances are that'll give you the time to regulate your system back down out of your stress response into like powerful conscious thinking again. And for some people they work on this and they can do it within a breath, three breaths, which is great in advance. Mm -hmm. But for some of us, it's really hard. And so if that's you, that's totally okay. There's nothing wrong or bad about that. Um, but I encourage you to take that space and distance that time because even, you know, a couple minutes can totally allow us to like do a process of tuning in like, okay, what am I feeling? What do I really need here? What is this emotion trying to tell me? Ah, okay. The same thing keeps happening or we have mismatched expectations or I'm not reaching out enough for help. Okay. Once we get that directive, then we can go back instead of in this like storm of emotion we're, we go in with information. We say, I know this is how I'm feeling. I know that's how it feels in my body. Here's what I need. What about you? <laughs> how do you feel? What do you think here? Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of, of really, like you're saying, excusing yourself, right? So you can actually calm that sympathetic nervous system and this fight or flight response where all you want to do is yell at that person or do that stupid yeah. thing that you know you yeah. shouldn't do. Right. And actually yeah. like taking the time to calm yourself down again and, and, to really step into your higher self and how you actually want to show up. Cause again, it speaks yes. to this idea of showing up with intention, right? Of showing up in a way that 
you decide you want to show up rather than reactively responding to whatever the outside world is, is throwing at you. And I think that's yeah. so important. And you know, even if you do react, here's the cool thing about if you do get caught up in a feeling and in your old programming comes in, that reactive self is like what's activated. Here's the deal. It's totally okay. If you say something or you do something that like, you're like, Ooh, that was not in alignment with how I want to show up. You know what? It's okay. Cause that gives us an opportunity to practice the art of making amends, cleaning it up, going and taking ownership and apologizing. And actually those conversations of making amends, cleaning it up, that sort of thing, it actually builds trust and deepens relationships um, and the bond between people. So if we're always trying to get it right and worried about like, oh my God, I can't, like if we freeze up in emotion and we feel like we can't say or do anything because we're so afraid of making a mistake, that's also super debilitating. So it's okay if sometimes you get angry, you say something you didn't mean, or you get frustrated and you know you do something that you wouldn't normally that hurts someone. Just make sure if that happens, right? Take ownership, take responsibility, go back, clean it up, and know that you can actually improve your relationships by doing that. Yeah, and what's also so important there is this idea of forgiveness, right? Yeah. Like learning to forgive not just other people, but yourself. Because I think, and yes. maybe you've seen this with your clients, right? That oftentimes it's, it's not that just the event happened and it's over, but we keep like repeating it and reliving in our minds. Then this thing, I shouldn't have done that, right? And we keep reliving it over and over and over again, like, days and weeks and months later oftentimes. So how can people in that moment then learn to, you know, let go of like, okay, I've, you know, I've done that thing, I messed up, maybe even apologize to a person, but how can I yeah. learn to forgive myself for the mistakes that mm -hmm. I've made in the past? Yeah, those cycles, I call them, it, it's really self-torture. Mm -hmm. You're just escalating the same feelings. It's like if you had a wound on your arm and just when it's starting to scab over and heal over, it'd be like as if you oh, just pick it off. You know, and, and what that does is it just, you're not allowing yourself to heal and you're ending up making a bigger scar, right? When you do that physically. So same thing like mentally and emotionally, just like thinking back to all the things that you didn't do right, focusing on that or reactivating the same emotions over and over, beating yourself up. It really is a form of self-torture. So to get out of that, um, honestly, I think there's, there's so many things we can, we can do, but going into a state of compassion. Um, and I like to think with a child, if you, if you're a kid's person or like with a little puppy or with like a tender little like flower that just budded up in your garden, the way we would embrace and approach that tender little young gentle thing we would come at it with a lot of um, gentleness, kindness, compassion, speaking to ourselves in that same way of, and I love terms of endearment. This might sound silly, but actually the Dalai Lama talks about this saying like, oh, darling, like I, I feel you're struggling. Like I see that, I'm aware of that and I'm here. Like, let's just take some time to like sit with this and work through this um, and really, speaking to ourselves in like a much gentler way. Um, maybe there's like a character in a movie or a book that, that is like this, that talks like this, kind of almost stepping into that persona of the like nurturing, sweet, compassionate energy and giving that back to yourself in the moment. Um, just like you would for a little kid, just like you would for someone you really love and care about, like a friend who's really beating themselves up. Um, 
being able to have those conversations with ourselves where we can step back into that um, really kind, compassionate energy of like, okay, you messed up. It's all right. We can clean it up. Obviously you're struggling. Like, let's take a moment to tune into this. What's going on here? Tell me about it. That kind of vibe is so helpful because it breaks, it cuts right through. It breaks you out of any of that downward spiral of self-torture. Yeah. You know, I, I love this concept of using alter egos. Um, especially I use it in sports a lot for, for years now. I use it with a lot of clients, a lot of people I know have these alter egos, right? That yeah. basically help them perform at the higher level when, you know, they're really feeling alone. They're like, no, but actually I'm this kind of person, right? I'm the kind of person, you know, that always speaks up. I'm the kind of person that's always energetic and excited, whatever. How can people use that? Or is that something that you use in your life to, you know, just, just for compassion, but also for other things? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a really fun practice that I talk about um, with clients who are a little further along in this work. And I talk about how you can basically borrow emotions and emotional states from people. Um, and I always say it's a two-part process. We don't want to bypass. We don't want to ignore what we're feeling, but we also don't want to just like sit forever in like uncomfortable emotion. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so what we can do is like look at, you know, sometimes I'll like, I'll walk through a park and I'll see an old man sitting on a bench and he's just sitting there and he's not doing anything, right? He's just sitting in a state of being, he's taking in his surroundings, he's observing, and he seems really at peace. He seems totally embodied in like who he is. In his, like, he's like, I've lived my life, I've learned my lessons, and here I am just soaking it all in, enjoying what's in front of me. He's so present. I'll be like, oh, that's inspiring. I want some of that energy. And I'll kind of like energetically be like, ooh, I want to take some of that in. If if you look in nature, nature has so many great examples of like gigantic oak trees that are so solid, right? They withstand the storms. They go through so many cycles and seasons over and over, losing everything, regrowing every year. And so we can look to the oak tree and its strength and its solidity and say, ooh, I want to like pull in some of that quality within myself. So whether it's nature, other people, alter egos, characters, I think we can be inspired to like take on some of that and try it on. Right. And then I think through that process, we find, we find what is authentic to us or what is genuinely true for us. But sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to go there when it's just us being us. Whereas like if I, if I want to, you know, take on the, I don't know, this like fiery energy of, of some like fun little firecracker performer and like bring more of that excitement into my life. Sometimes we give ourselves more permission if it's an, an alter ego or a character. And then over time we can just learn how to find that on our own. It's kind of like why people do those like psychedelic drugs, right? You get into an altered state to blast into experiencing the divine or, healing a part of yourself well yeah but we don't want to have to do the drugs all the time like that's not why those things are there right um they're there to help you access something and then you need to learn how to access it without the the alter ego without the drug without the you know without having to go to a 10-day vipassana meditation how can you do it every day right 
Yeah, I think what's so interesting is people always look at the outside to, to change the internal state, right? We look for psychedelic drugs, we look for alcohol, we look for sugar to change our state. But the beautiful thing is that, yes, like, you know, metaphorically putting on that Superman cape, right? Or, or taking the strengths and flexibility of that oak tree. By taking those things, we actually find that we have it within ourselves already. That if we decide, yes, I want to be grateful right now, I want to be strong right now. I want to be loving and kind right now. We can access those emotional states in that moment just by deciding that that's how we want to show up. And I think that is such a fundamentally important. In fact, I think it's one of the most important skills in life is it has been like maybe even the most important thing I've ever learned that you can decide in this moment right now that yes, I want to feel loving. I want to feel kind. I want to feel appreciated and loved and bringing that like positive, these positive emotions and feelings to yourself even if there's no external, I guess, creation cost, right? It's such an important and life-changing yeah. skill. It is, Max. It really is. And I'm so glad, like, you're, you're, you obviously do it. And you have so much energy to you. It's so fun to experience. You have a lot of um, yeah. <laughs> physical passion and energy that's really can be felt. If people can see you, they can see it. If, if they're just hearing you, I think they can hear it in your voice. And um, again, it's something I try to work on with people is even if you have absolutely no reason, can you still feel joy? Yeah. Can you still feel fulfillment? You, you didn't do anything to earn it, to create it. You just allow yourself to go in and feel it. It really shows us it's really more of an inside job, right? Because I used to work with people a lot going through career transitions. I don't do this work anymore, but my early years of coaching, I helped a lot of people leave really toxic or or not great for them jobs and move into something more fulfilling. And certain people would say, I've done this journey before. Like I've already tried to make changes in my life. And I thought changing my job or new relationship, new location, new type of workout, new outfit, I would finally feel different. And turns out I feel the exact same. And it's like, well, yeah, it's all here inside. You're the same you going into all of these situations. It's like, doesn't matter if it's that outfit, this outfit, it can momentarily give you that boost, but long-term it's still you. So that ability to to let ourselves feel things for no reason at all. I have a practice in the emotion course called feeling good for no reason at all. (laughs) It's one of the final lessons. (laughs) And I would challenge the listeners to try that today. Maybe try that tonight before you go to bed or in the morning, what do I want to feel? Ask yourself, what do I most want to feel? And then see if you can let yourself feel that for one to three minutes for no reason, just for fun, just to enjoy it. It's such an incredible practice, right? Yes, it is game changing. In fact, like I I have these three emotions. For me, it's present, excited, powerful. Those are the, the three emotions that I want to experience on a daily basis. And at the beginning, about a year ago, when I started sort of implementing this practice, I literally had an alarm go off on my phone every single hour of the day to say present, excited, powerful. And so every hour I would check in with myself. I'd be like, that's how I want to show up, right? And I'd be like, how am I feeling right now? And I was like, not, not like that, right? And so then once, yeah. you, once you bring that attention again to how you want to feel, you can create that over and over and over again and sort of becomes this habit. So yes. one thing that, that one concept that really blew me away, I love it, is, is pre-gratitude. It's something yes. I, know, I know you talk about a lot and, and I, heard, I, I think it's the first time I actually heard this, this phrase. So I've been using it for, for quite a long time and you know, just visualizing myself. And in fact, like about a week ago or so, right, I was, I was visualizing one of my big goals for this year 
which is to qualify for world championships and trail running together with my my coach, long-term mentor, friend of mine. So shout out to Marcus if you're listening to this. I was I was visualizing, you know, qualifying with him for this for this race, and I literally had tears in my eyes just thinking about the future, about something that we haven't ha- haven't even have achieved yet. But I was feeling yeah. so grateful. I was feeling so you know full of love and appreciation and and joy. So can you talk to us about you know bringing this gratitude for the future into our present? Yes. I love this concept. You know, I don't know if anyone has said this term before, but when I said it, I was like, huh, what is this? And I'm like, I think it's pre-gratitude. And every person I've talked to, it was about six months ago when this term came out of my mouth. Everyone I've talked to is like falling in love with pre-gratitude. It's such a fun concept. So really in essence, what it is, is it's, it's how can we be grateful for the things that haven't even happened yet? And it's like this little slingshot of like taking all this like lovely, good, you know, energy of appreciation. It's like slingshotting it out towards the future. But the cool thing is it's also pulling it into the present, right? Because you get to feel it now for, again, something that hasn't happened and not to get too trippy, but there's all sorts of, you know, science about time, that time is not linear, right? Time is not this linear past, present, future. It has more of this organic continuum and how we work with the past and the future. I think um, it, it can be really, really interesting if we understand more of like the Einstein concept of time, that time is flexible, time is fluid and it's nonlinear. So, you know, Perhaps, right, we're having pre-gratitude for, I'm saying something that hasn't happened, or perhaps it has happened in the future, in another part of time, or, um, or in another um, sense of reality, like in imagination and possibility. Perhaps it's very real there. And allowing ourselves to feel pre-gratitude, um, I think, is a secret manifestation tool as well. I didn't realize it when I was coming up with this concept, but if you can practice pre-gratitude for the soulmate that you haven't met yet, for the championship that you're going to win the medal in or whatever, like um, if you can feel pre-gratitude for the simple, beautiful moments with your family as you grow old together, if you can feel pre-gratitude for all the money that is not in your bank account yet, but is coming, again, it's kind of this really fun manifestation tool because your chances of that thing happening increase simply because you're focused on it, you're feeling positive towards it, and you believe in it on some level. And those three things are always what helps to create something into reality from possibility. So um, yeah, pre-gratitude is where it's at. It's one of my favorite (laughs) practices. Totally. And I, I think it's so fascinating, right? That you can literally rewire your brain to to believe that the future has already happened in the present right that you're already wherever your dreams and your goals wherever they're you know a month out or a year out or a decade out that it's already in your present and so then you start to believe because your brain looks like that like literally on a physiological level you literally start to believe that this is your current reality and you start to act in alignment with that yes because we always look back right gratitude is like almost always it's looking backwards from the past up until this very moment. And it's like, what am I grateful for? It's anything from this moment back. And I was thinking, what if we flip it? And it's from this moment forward, we can also be grateful. Um, 
which is just fun. It's really fun yeah. to try. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Now you have, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of practices for joy, right? For, for finding this, you talked before about this, this joy for, for no reason, right? What yeah. are some practices, some simple things that people can do, you know, right now, especially in this time where there's so much stress, so much, you know, we talked about this, right? What are some simple practices that, that people, you know, other than that pre-graduate, maybe can, people can really bring into their lives and, and use maybe, even, you know, sitting together with their families to, to increase mm -hmm. their joy and other positive emotions right now. Yeah. I'll give you one I just did in a class. We taught a really amazing um, quarantine yoga class online. We had like 108 people sign up and we did a bliss breath. So I'll teach a bliss breath super quick and you can do the seated, you can do this lying down. And if you can do it for like three to five minutes, it really gets that energy of bliss, which is like a deeper joy, right? Um, that like really it's really in your body. So it's a circular or a cycling breath. So there's no pause between the inhales and the exhales. And all the breath is through your mouth. And I love breath because sometimes when we're trying to change our mindset or we're trying to change something out in our lives, it's really big and complicated, or we're even trying to change our emotional state, it can feel really hard. We can have a lot of resistance. It's actually quite easy to change your breath. Yeah. Most people have no resistance. And yet the breath changes the brain chemistry, which changes the body chemistry. It makes everything else than your thoughts, your feelings, your choices, your behaviors, all are affected positively. So bliss breath. Um, and you can even activate the mind a little bit by thinking about some of the things that bring you joy or bliss. Um, but all you're going to do is inhale and you almost feel like this rising and it's, if you can let yourself just feel incredibly alive. So you'd breathe in through your mouth and you'd inhale and just like, it's this rising aliveness. And then you exhale and it's like, it just like washes over your body out through your mouth and it's just complete release. It's just like total surrender, complete release. And then right away, inhale, aliveness, total vitality, exhale, complete release, surrender. And you just do that. Let's do three more. Inhale. And there's no pause. You just cycle right back in one more. Inhale, right into the exhale. And you can close your mouth and just breathe through your nose and notice how you feel. And there's this little bit of like a buzz. There's this lightness. There's this aliveness circulating. You can almost picture that loop of the breath still happening. Just cycling and pumping this bliss through your body, through your energy field, through your life. And that was only six breaths. So you can imagine if you did it. For three to five minutes yeah that's incredible i mean literally in these these five six breaths i was already feeling like super high so now i'm even higher so that's just yeah. incredible and i mean you allude to this to this even wider i guess topic or insight that oftentimes the fastest way to the mind is actually through the body right we always you know oftentimes we sit down and i used to do this for so long right i was yeah i was sitting there right like years ago in depression right i was like why can't i get out of depression i was trying to think my way out of depression out of you know frustration out of sadness while realizing that oftentimes just engaging your body, right? Was it through, like you said, breathing? Yeah. Was it through exercise? Was it through this standing up straight, putting a smile on your face? Is actually the fastest way to get out of these the cycle. Yeah, movement and connecting to your body is, I think, 
the, the portal, the gateway to a lot of change. And one that gets often left out in a lot of personal development, the whole like positive mindset movement, which I have like some qualms with, <laughs> um, but just bringing back in the body. The body is so much wisdom and so much power. Like the body always knows what to do. The body is designed to like rebalance itself, heal itself, energize itself. Feel like the body has all the built-in mechanisms to do everything that you need if we can just use it and, and take care of the body in those ways. Yeah, it, it totally aids all the other types of development. <laughs> Absolutely. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. One of the best things. But again, it speaks to this listening to yourself, right? Listening to the body, checking in with the body instead of drowning it with sugar and immediate gratification, trying to hide away from those feelings and you know, how we're actually experiencing life. Yeah. So important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? I'm really curious. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about emotions? Ooh. Um, well, what we talked about earlier, that there are positive emotions and negative emotions. Now, in, in one sense, they're totally right because emotions along the energy spectrum um, have like a higher vibration or a lower vibration, like literally just like how the atoms would move, right? When we feel that way, um, you can feel when you're depressed or when you're lonely or when you feel shame, it's a lower vibration than even like anger, frustration are a little higher. And then like joy, ecstasy, you know, that, that sort of excitement would be way up here. So on one hand, they're right. Um, but this, you know, positive negative gives a connotation of good and bad. So I would say that's one of the number one misconceptions is there's sort of this like, bad down here, good up here. And we always want to be up here. Not true. Like you're a human being. You're not always meant to be up in these states all the time. That doesn't give you access to the full spectrum and therefore the full levels of energy and all the information that comes. So I like to think of, you think of emotions like the color spectrum of light. In the end, each emotion is like a different color. We don't say that purples and blues are bad and yellows and oranges are all good. We need every single color to create art. So I like to think of emotions as the colors of our lives. They make life more vibrant, more colorful, um, more interesting. Like life would be so boring if we had one emotion and it was like, yeah. or two, good and bad. Like if it was all good emotion are white, all bad are black. And we could only color in our lives in white and black how boring like you know that would just it wouldn't be nearly as as fun or as beautiful so thinking of your emotions more as colors but the cool thing about it is in the end if you look at all the colors in the spectrum in the end it it turns into just pure white light and that's the you know concept of all these emotions are just energy and information it's just pure white light it's all useful it's all helpful so that's one thing um Ooh, another one is a, a big fear people have that people think if they start to feel their feelings that they're going to get like trapped or stuck in them. They're like, oh no, I don't want to feel that loneliness, that sadness, that shame, that anger, because once I do, I'm going to open up a can of worms and I'm not going to be able to control it and I'm going to get stuck there. And actually, that couldn't be further from the truth when you study emotions. What gets you stuck in a state is if you don't let yourself feel it. When you actually go through the process of feeling something, it allows for flow to come back. And emotions are like water 
or light waves, like they're meant to flow. They're meant to move. They know what to do. They, they follow kind of universal laws, like water follows gravity. It always flows down and towards the ocean. Emotions always flow kind of in this, like they are felt, they process, they release. They give you what they need and then they like relax and release. And so anyone who's afraid of a feeling, now of course you don't have to do it all by yourself, right? Like if there's some trauma in your life, some really intense stuff going on, don't try to do it all by yourself. Get, get a pro, get a great therapist, a counselor, you know, a coach that's trained to work with emotions or that's trauma informed um, and have someone help guide you. Cause it can be a little like, I don't know what I'm doing scary, but um, another big, big misconception is if I start to feel something, I'll never move out of it. I'll just feel mm -hmm. sad forever. I'll feel lonely forever. Um, and in fact, you're, you're actually trapping the emotion and yourself in it when you don't feel it. And it's just living there inside, kind of like unconsciously affecting you. So that's another really big one that actually, if you want to move through feelings and release them, the best way to do that is to feel it. Yeah, this insight is so important, right? That all emotions, almost by definition, are temporary, right? And we have, yes. we have this tendency to think that, you know, if I'm feeling happy and excited, I'm like up here, I'll always be like this, right? I'll be happy for the rest of my life. And if things aren't going that well, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're depressed, you're like, ah, this is going to be forever, right? I think yeah. this is one of the biggest challenges that people think how they feel right now is actually going to be how they feel tomorrow and next week and next month. And like you say, nothing could be further from the truth if you're willing to actually look inward and release them and let them go and keep going with your life. Yeah. Well, and even like your excitement is so powerful and so lovely. And yet if you were just excited all the time, your listeners, the people you were in relationship would be like, are you a human? Oh, it's like, too much for some. <laughs> well, no, they'd be like, are you a human? Like, do you ever feel other things? And there's an interesting thing that happens when we let ourselves feel all of our emotions. We really are embracing our humanity. And that's what makes us feel so connected to other people of like, oh, you feel that way too sometimes. So it's beautiful to know, like, how do you want to feel and what do you want to cultivate regularly? But letting ourselves feel the full range um, allows us to be the beautiful humans that we are. Like if I was in a relationship, you know, of course we're like, oh, well, I wouldn't want to be around someone who's only sad all the time. So that person might need to work on allowing more joy in their lives, right? Allowing more bliss and um, compassion or whatever it is, but just like someone who's always positive and never lets themselves feel frustrated or feel sad, when they do that, it actually brings you back to your wholeness and other people will be able to relate with you and connect with you. You won't seem like this like way over there robot on a pedestal kind of person. Um, I think that humanity is what really connects us and allows people to empathize, you know, between one another. Yeah. And I'm so fascinated by this concept of emotional contagion, how we pick up on the emotions of other people. And I've realized mm -hmm. this so drastically in this podcast, right? So a couple of weeks ago, I had yeah. this guest and it was really just this calm and centered guy I had been a monk for like 20 years. And, you know, like just talking to him, I felt myself just getting so calm and like quiet yeah. myself, right? And my voice started quieting down and I realized like I'm showing up in a much different way because he's sort of influencing the whole 
the whole emotion of the conversation. And so with you, you know, there's this joy, there's this energy, right? And so then I realize like my energy is picking up again. I think it's such a fascinating concept. But yeah. Rebecca, I'm so curious. We've talked a lot, a lot of, you know, strategies, tactics, tools today to feel more joy, you know, release the negative emotions. What personally brings you the most happiness? Ooh, oh, so many things. <laughs> um, one is definitely my little dog, Pip. Um, who's over there sleeping right now and he he brings me so much joy that I always say like when I got him my heart had to expand a few more notches to fit all the love I feel for him um so anyone I feel like who has a pet can can relate with that but you know my my favorite state of being you have your three feelings my favorite is what I call relaxed joy or some people might call it a quiet joy but for me it feels like relaxed joy like sometimes the excitement of up here um, that doesn't feel as grounded or good in in my body and so I like this joy that's deeply relaxed and I'm a very sensory person so I relate it to often things with the physical senses things I can taste touch smell feel with my hand hear sounds um, and I live in nature I'm really blessed I got this farmhouse a couple years ago so nature for me is like my church and every day Pip and I go walk out in the woods all around my house and that brings me a tremendous joy because nature to me is like the best spiritual teacher. Um, every lesson, I think we need to learn so much of what we need, we can find in nature. Yes. So just that like nature to me is quiet joy. Like she can also be like all sorts of other energies, mm -hmm. but um, the general feel I get from nature is like, you know, every, every little part of this whole system knows itself, knows its role, knows you know, it's cycle in the greater plan and um, is just like relaxed happily, you know, the little squirrel finding the acorns and, and, and the birds, you know, picking the worms from the ground, just sitting in and being in that and knowing, you know, we're all part of that. That brings me a lot of joy. I love people too. I have so many <laughs> wonderful people. Um, but squirrels I'm are like much a, cuter, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a social introvert, I guess you could say. But there's also some really special people that, you know, they're the types of people we go out for tacos and we're crying, laughing for 10 <laughs> minutes. So I have some really special people in my life and friends that bring me so much joy. And I think the space between two people, I call it the whip energy of being with one another collaborating with one another there's so much magic in that that I just love seeing that whether it's me and another person or a group of people or just like two other people just I love um, seeing the magic in what's created between people as well um, that brings me a lot of joy to see those connections and how they grow yeah I love that now before I ask my final question where can listeners connect with you online yeah, um, we didn't talk about it, but one fun thing, if people want to um, find a little fun thing about themselves, I've created these feeling styles or figured out these feeling styles. So one fun thing, if you want to take our assessment or quiz, if you go to feelingstylequiz.com, you can find out if you're a wave, pendulum, or force, and you'll get like a series of lessons from that that are all free, which are super fun. So really um, quickly, which one are you? I'm a pendulum. Pendulum, okay. <laughs> so yeah. for our listeners, go check it out and see how you compare. Yeah, if you want some like general information or resources, um, 
workwithsoul.com. If that's where you can, you know, reach out to me if you want like a flash healing or even just free resources during all this, you know, global pandemic while we're filming, I've been doing a lot more videos and live classes and things like that. So people are welcome to go on the site or you can just email me Rebecca at workwithsoul.com and like, let's chat. I love connecting with people, meeting people. Awesome. To wrap it up, what, how, what does it mean for you to max out your life? Ooh, to max out my life. Okay. I might take it a, a slightly different way, but, um, to max out my life, I think emotionally, the first thing that comes to mind is just allowing myself to fully feel all of my feelings, to not be afraid of them, to fully feel all of my feelings. And, um, and also I love simplicity. So actually like maxing out my life means simplifying my life. So the things that I am doing, experiencing, creating, um, the people I'm with, those relationships that I think when life's simplified, then it's also maximized in, in for me at least. So continuing to simplify and come back to I love this question from the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. What is the uh, most beautiful, true version of your life you can imagine? I've been working with that question lately. And um, for me, there's a lot of simplicity um, that comes up when I imagine that. So to maximize, I'd let myself fully feel all my feelings and express them fully. And then I would also continue to simplify. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that will hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this you know, passively, just thinking about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. So really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, friend, a loved one maybe that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.